please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and even in some cases, offensive. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. You know what? There's very adult content ahead and you have been warned. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the weird, wonderful, unexplained, eerie, scary, and downright unbelievable. There will be tales of ghosts, murder, supernatural beings, and unexplained mysteries. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, relax, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, we're looking into a mysterious death, an exorcism, and maybe a conspiracy. Who knows what lurks in today's episode? (laughs) All right, me. (laughs) So tonight's episode is a two-four. That's right. I'm going to hit something normal and then a short story on something else for you guys. You know what? I'm bored. I'm stuck at home. So sue me. Whatever. All right, then. With that being said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you well know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are quarantined at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. Like you could go anywhere. The choice of libation is yours. So choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say demons, that's going to be a single shot. And every time I say Korea, that'll be a double shot. All right, now that we've got the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma. And part one, the mysterious deadly exorcism of Joanna Lee. And for today's double feature... Did Dean Kuntz actually predict the Wuhan virus back in his 1981 thriller? Who knows? All right, my darlings, let's jump headfirst into it, my heathens. For as long as human beings have believed in demons, there have always been ways to try and stop them. Accounts of demons and demonic possession, in one form or another, can be found across the world throughout a wide range of different cultures, and the means of warning them off just as varied as the people who believe in them. One of the methods most firmly lodged into the public consciousness through countless horror movies and their tropes is that of the exorcism wherein a priest or some other holy person goes toe-to-toe with the dark forces beyond our understanding. Yet, in this battle, there are often casualties, those exorcisms that go awry and derail to descend into madness and death. And unfortunately, this is one of those stories. It's sad that very little is known of the life of the woman named Joanna Lee, also known as Kim Ok Lee. Other than she supposedly grew up an orphan in South Korea and by all accounts had an aimless, nondescript life. She was one of those people who is just in a way invisible, with few friends and nothing of note about her life to really make her stand out. She was also a perfect target for someone looking to manipulate and indoctrinate her into a cult 
and she found that person in 38-year-old Pastor Luke Lee, no relations, who she met and was charmed into flying off to New Zealand with in order to join his ministry, which in reality was more of a cult, called the Lord of All. Pastor Lee had a bit of a colorful past. A former manager of a car manufacturing company, he had one day in 1994 suddenly divorced his wife of the time, packed up all his earthly possessions, and headed to New Zealand in order to study religion and start a new life. Arriving on a student visa and enrolling in the Advanced Ministry Training Center in Henderson. The previously Buddhist Lee then found Christianity in a major way, becoming fanatical, almost extremist in his beliefs, and he was at first affiliated with the Assembly of God Church in Takapuna. It was during this time that he would meet his new wife, Mi Yong Lee, again, no relation. And he would study at the Advanced Ministry from 1995 to 1997 before returning to South Korea for a period of 18 months in order to attend to some unfinished business back home. He would then return to New Zealand and become an ordained minister, study for a time at the Fowey Lodge Bible School in Howick, and then officially register his own ministry, the Lord of All Church. It was in 1999, as he was on his stint in Korea, that he met Joanna Lee, who ended up going to New Zealand on a three-month student visa in 2000 to study under him, living with Pastor Lee and his wife and some other Korean members of the congregation. The church itself had about 20 members of various nationalities and was known for its strange beliefs and practices, including frequent fasting, weird rituals such as washing cut hair in alcohol, and wild cavorting about, which certainly raised a lot of eyebrows by locals. One person living in the area of the church told news agencies at the time, and I quote, They are queer, full stop. There is chanting, raving, and squealing, violent squealing. I went outside one night because I thought someone was being attacked, but it was a woman and a man squealing as hard as they could for five minutes. So, not your typical church gatherings, right? And then there were the demons. Although it is unclear when, at some point during Joanna's short planned stay, for which she had bought a return ticket, Pastor Lee became convinced that she was possessed by up to 20 demons. And in December of 2000, an exorcism was organized to try and drive them all out. In this case, Pastor Lee called the ritual they were to perform deliverance and would follow an unorthodox method which would use scare and shock tactics, shouting, screaming, and even physical violence in order to essentially try and frighten the demons off. And it was the go-to way to exercise demons within the Lord of All Church. Because demons aren't scared of screaming and hollering, right? Okay. To prepare for the exorcism, Joanna was required to fast for a full three days, and during this time, she was not allowed to sleep. So, therefore, she arrived at the event weakened, tired, and physically and mentally drained. According to later testimony, several of the demons proved to be difficult to dislodge, requiring the ritual to continue on for over 24 hours straight. I'm going to pause right there and think about this. 
I don't even want to do something that feels really good for 24 hours straight. So I, I can't even imagine the torture this woman went through. Just think about it for a minute. During this time, it was claimed that Joanna had begun to speak in tongues and in deep growling voices that were not her own as the demons fought to maintain control, which forced Pastor Lee to take more extreme measures. He allegedly had the congregation physically restrain Joanna against purported superhuman strength, and believing the demons to be held within her stomach, he supposedly jumped up and down on top of the screaming woman. When the demons went on the run to move up into her throat and head, he then went about strangling her in an effort to purge these dark forces, even as Joanna screamed at him to stop and tried to pull his hands away. And during none of this, did anyone move to intervene, convinced that their leader knew what he was doing. And I'll say it again, there is no bounds to the stupidity of some people. All right, back to the story. In the end, after nearly 48 hours of this violent exorcism, Joanna Lee was dead. But even then, the pastor was not finished. As his startled congregation gathered about to look upon the woman's dead body with horror, Pastor Lee assured them that it had been the devil who had killed her, but that all was not lost. According to him, they could use a ritual and resurrection prayers to revive her, and so her body was prepped to begin. Over the next six days, Pastor Lee prayed over Joanna's decomposing body, ever certain that she would rise again. So it was perhaps the stink of rotting flesh and the dawning horror of what was going on that at this point finally compelled one of Lee's followers to contact police. And when they arrived, they found Joanna's highly decomposed, skin-blackened corpse found to have heavy bruising of the chest and numerous broken bones. Even in the wake of his arrest and subsequent trial, Pastor Lee was unrepentant and convinced that Joanna was going to rise from the dead, as he had proclaimed. She just needed more time. And one policeman told Inside China Today of this, and I quote, Lee said she was going to come back to life and it was going to be a worldwide affair. Right to the end of his case, he has maintained that Joanna was going to arrive back and be rejuvenated and resurrected. He was very, very committed in what he believed in. Unfortunately for Pastor Lee, Joanna did not come back to life as predicted, and he would go on to be charged with manslaughter, slapped with a six-year prison sentence, after which he was to be deported back to Korea after his release. And I said stupidity has no bounds. And this is the part of the story that kills me. However, an appeal in April of 2006 let Pastor Lee off the hook. As it was found that Joanna had specifically been aware of the risks and had consented to the exorcism. That's right, because she agreed to be fucking murdered. Are you kidding me? Tragically, no one could be found to come claim Joanna's body, a side effect of her obscure, low-profile existence, and so her body was given a proper service by the Auckland Korean community and then cremated. 
The ashes remain unclaimed to this very day, the last remnants of a forgotten woman who spent her last moments in the midst of fanatics, demons, and violence. To this day, it is not totally certain just what happened during that tense, fateful time, or just what sorts of insanity were fluttering about the tra tragic, violent, and religiously charged scene that took this young woman's life. Many of the congregation have been reticent to speak on it, and only a few have been willing to testify as to what happened, leaving details murky at best. The accusations in later years that Pastor Lee was a swindler and a dodger of mandatory military service in his home country really have not sweetened perceptions of him, and we are left with what looks more like a callous crime than a genuine exorcism attempt although Lee may have truly believed differently. It shines a light up onto the pale underbelly of these exorcisms, and it is unfortunate that this was certainly not the first fatal exorcism, and unfortunately, it likely won't be the last. Through it all, whatever happened during those fateful days, Joanna Lee's ashes remain lonely and unclaimed, a sad testament to the power of human belief superstition and hubris all right my darlings now for our double feature and i know you guys are dying to know this did dean Kuntz actually predict the wuhan virus or covid19 in his 1981 thriller so let's not waste a moment my darlings let's jump right in now we generally expect scientists psychics, economists, and of course science fiction writers to predict the future. But thriller horror writers? Would you really feel comfortable knowing that one day your neighbor's dog could really turn into Cujo? I mean, seriously. Novelist Dean Kuntz is known for pinning suspense thrillers with elements of horror, fantasy, and science fiction, but he's never really been known as a futurist. Well, until now. Sharp-eyed Kuntz fans with good memories have dug up their dog-eared copies of Kuntz's 1981 novel, The Eyes of Darkness, and found passages where he writes about a virus called Wuhan 400 developed in a biological weapons lab in Wuhan, China, a man-made virus dubbed the perfect weapon. Why? Spoiler alert! <laughs> That's right, you're going to get a lot of information, including whether or not Kuntz actually wrote the passages. They call the stuff Wuhan 400 because it was developed at their RDNA labs outside of the city in Wuhan, and it was the 400th viable strain of man-made organisms created at that research center. The Eyes of Darkness is about a mother searching to find out if her son really died a year before or if he's still alive. On her quest, she learns about Wuhan 400 called the perfect weapon because, I quote, it afflicts only human beings. No other living creature can carry it, and like syphilis, Wuhan 400 can't survive outside a living body for longer than a minute which means it can't permanently contaminate objects or entire places the way anthrax and other virulent microorganisms can. Sound like the coronavirus that you know? 
The passage was underlined and tweeted by at Darren of Plymouth and picked up by the South China Morning Post and the Taiwan News, which are looking for any clues or news on the deadly puzzling and spreading virus. There's even a bit of conspiracy surrounding the novel itself. For one thing, Kuntz wrote it under the pen name Lee Nichols, that's L-E-I-G-H, Nichols. It was released as a hardcover in 1989 under his name and a few years later in paperback, which appears to be where a mysterious change occurred. They changed it to, they call the stuff, Gorky 400, because it was developed at their RDNA labs outside of the city of Gorky, and it was the 400th viable strain of man-made organisms created at that research center. Well... Double eagle-eyed readers found early editions of the book that referred to the virus as Gorky 400, a bioweapon developed by the Russians in Gorky. In fact, it almost seems like the publisher did a find-slash-replace of Gorky-slash-Wuhan after the Cold War ended because that's about the time that the change appeared. So, was Kuntz or a lucky editor who predicted the Wuhan virus in The Eyes of Darkness? The South China Morning Post points out that Wuhan has long been home for microbiology and virology labs, so a smart writer would use it to make a novel more realistic. Also, Japan did chemical weapons research in China during World War II, and rumors of the Chinese government conducting similar research and development run rampant even today. But the original novel put the virus development in Gorky, Russia. Does it have the same historical connection? The largest of the cities named Gorky in Russia is a work center in the Leninsky district just south of Moscow. The small town, population is about 3,500, and the only thing that they can say is that Vladimir Lenin died there. This selection looks more like Kuntz tossing a dart at a map of Russia or picking a city based on how much he liked the name. It appears the selection of Wuhan was prescient not by Dean Kuntz under any name, but by a lucky editor user orders to be nice to the Russians because they're not communists anymore. So how did that turn out? Well, maybe Dean needs to write a sequel before the real coronavirus of Wuhan writes it for him. So no, he didn't predict it, guys. Sorry. And with that, my darlings, we have come to the end of the episode, and I do thank you for joining me today. I hope you'll take the time to reach out to me because, one, I am bored off my ass at home, and working from home sucks. So send me emails, my darling. Share your thoughts on what you think. You can always reach the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have suggestions for any future shows, or you just want to tell me what you think, so drop me a line as I do reply to all my emails and I'm so friggin' bored. Seriously, somebody send me memes. I need funny memes. And on that note, my darling, that's all the time I have today. So I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time. Stay safe, my lovelies. I love you. See you, my heathens. Mwah, 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 mwah. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.